There are books that should be read like plays. Act one precedes act two, and so on to the end. These unfold a plot. They have a storyline, and to appreciate the book, this storyline has to be faithfully followed. I'm not sure this book is like that. While writing it, I have sometimes thought it is more like a piece of cake that tastes better when all the layers are chewed together. Perhaps it is more of a perambulation than a quest or a journey. It is, at any rate, an exploration and a meditation. On the other hand, it does have a moral. In fact, two morals. They each concern the complexity of the notions I talk about. Pride, vanity, self-esteem, and their cousins. This complexity bedevils the attitudes we should adopt when these traits rear their heads and confuse any simple moral reactions to them, but they also bedevil empirical work that sets out, sometimes naively, to chart their consequences for good or ill. There is, therefore, a train of thought, but perhaps it is a train in which one can wander at will from one carriage to another. My principal debt is to the vast cosmetics company L'Oreal, and their iconic advertisement, Because You're Worth It. I think of myself as a genial person, so the despair I found welling up whenever I saw this surprised me enough to make me reflect on the themes that are presented here. It is not that I was previously unfamiliar with the vanity of human beings, or even the vanity of human wishes, but there was something particularly blatant about the appeal L'Oreal flaunted that I felt I needed to confront and to understand. It acted like a glimpse into a darker, more wicked world. It is, of course, nothing but the contemporary human world, although I hope not the timeless human world. I give something of my own diagnosis of my reaction in the course of the work. My second debt is to the context of L'Oreal's appeal, the generation that over the years has so shamelessly implemented the idea that greed is good, that there is no such thing as society that, because they are worth it, their predations on the common good give them no more than their due. The many bankers, CEOs, remuneration committees, hedge fund managers, tax lawyers, civil servants scuttling through the revolving door into the arms of the great accountancy companies, private medical providers or arms manufacturers, the many politicians of all stripes with inherited wealth castigating the inadequacies of the poor, all of them so splendidly and shamelessly illustrate the spirit of the age that exaggeration is impossible. Parody and satire are silenced, or even co-opted, as we see later, and even anger gives way to blank despair. Doubtless, some of us would like to hang these mental and moral deficients from real lampposts, but for the law abiding among us, verbal ones will have to serve instead.'